Welcome to The Better Way, a podcast by BuilderTrend. Here, you'll learn to simplify and establish processes that will make meaningful changes to your company and help you achieve your goals. There's a better way to run your construction business, the BuilderTrend way. Tune in this season as Pro Service Education Coordinator Zach Bratovis chats with several experts about risk management. On today's episode, Zach's talking about the tools you can use to avoid disputes and lawsuits. He's joined by Walt Keveny from 210 Home Buyers Warranty to talk about this super important topic. Welcome back, everybody, to The Better Way. This is Zach Witovich. I'm here today with Walt Keveny from 210 Home Buyer Warranty. Walt, how are we doing today? Doing terrific, Zach. How are you? Great. Thanks for coming on. We're really excited to have you. Walt works with 210 Home Buyers Warranty. They're one of the oldest and largest new home warranty companies in the country, if not the oldest and largest. Walt, tell us a little bit about 210 Home Buyers Warranty for our listeners out there. Yeah, uh, 210, uh, as you mentioned, been around since 1980. So we are wow. the oldest and um, based out of Denver, uh, one out of every seven new homes in the country has our warranty on it. So um, really, yeah, that's amazing. I actually think my first home had a 210 Home Buyer Warranty on it as well. So, you know, you have a, a an old customer here. I've since moved on from that home, but the name is out there. <laughs> terrific. Terrific. Yeah. Well, what do you do at uh, 210 Home Buyer Warranty? Tell us a little bit about your role. You know, I wear lots of hats. Uh, been there 15 years. I'm the risk manager, the underwriting manager, uh, principal engineer. So doing a number of things. I My, my background is, is geotechnical engineering, uh, master's in geotechnical, and I'm a professional engineer. And so, uh, so they have me wearing several hats and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Now, every day is uh, something different, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I love about the job. That's why yeah. I'm still there after 15 years. Yeah, it just keeps it keeps it various for for you know just to get away from the the, the monotony. So we'll, you know, while the point of this this podcast on the better way, the series, we kind of do it in seasons, is about managing risk. So we thought it'd be really great to bring on the leader in home buyer warranty out there. And and there's a lot of confusion, and maybe you know we can get into some of the details of what a warranty looked like. So. You know, typically, what does a home builder offer with a new home warranty? Well, it's a great way to start out, Zach, because um, there, there are a number of different options out there. I would say that the builders that aren't using a third-party warranty company are, are typically offering a one-year sort of bumper-to-bumper warranty. So basically, okay. in the first year, they're going to repair you know, anything that comes up in the first year. Now, okay. the concern about that is, is that every state has what are called implied warranties, okay? And these, these implied warranties for concession defects were established by the courts in those, in those states. And, and so the statute of repose or the other, that's a fancy way of saying the term of those implied warranties is typically 10 years. Most states are using 10 years. So the, so the, the concern is that builders are offering this one-year warranty, at least they believe that they are, but in fact, they, they really are liable for 10 years, okay? And, and what makes matters even worse, uh, Zach, is that the standard of quality for those implied warranties is something that's called good and workmanlike. And, okay. and you, can imagine, you can imagine if a homeowner, you know, imagine this, a homeowner's getting in a dispute with a builder, right? And, and, and the, the homeowner's arguing that the home was not built in a good and workmanlike manner. And the builders arguing that it was, well, that, that term is just way too vague, right? That phrase, good and workmanlike. And so that leads to disputes and litigation, unfortunately. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, everybody's got a different kind of expectation 
we talked about in our one of our previous episodes the idea of contracts and outlining the terms and that's a big thing that builder trend promotes is being clear but you know you may not even be aware in your state that you're kind of held to a certain standard is kind of what you're saying right that, that's exactly that's exactly right and so what we what we have to do Zach is we to, to avoid these disputes and litigation right and there are, there are certain states where the courts are just choked full of construction defect litigation and a state like Texas tried to implement a mandatory warranty for every home because of it. Uh, New Jersey has a mandatory warranty for every home, and they're trying to clear out the courts from uh, all this construction defect litigation. So what, what the warranty does, this, this is the key, it replaces that implied warranty that's there, that, that's unspoken and unwritten, but it's there, with an express written warranty. So now okay. we have an agreement between the homeowner and the builder in advance that says, okay, we're gonna use this express written warranty. And even better, we're not gonna use good and workmanlike anymore because that's way too vague and leads to dispute. So we're gonna use actual construction performance standards. Okay. Okay. And 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 when I'm talking to builders, I have to sort of remind them that there's there's construction code standards which are used to build the house, okay? Like the International Residential Code. That's the code standard used to build the house. But what's important to understand is construction performance standards are how the house is going to perform after you've sold it, okay? And good and workmanlike is a very vague way of doing that and leads to disputes and litigation. So what the National Association of Home Builders does is they publish these construction performance standards and warranty companies typically use something very similar to those and so when we issue a warranty to a homeowner, they receive a 43-page booklet. And that booklet has these construction performance standards in it, okay? And so that replaces good and workmanlike. And so, so that, that's really the, 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 the key to this. And then lastly, very importantly, that warranty has arbitration to resolve disputes rather than litigation. Gotcha. So we'll, I know we're going to get into the arbitration piece a little bit. Let's take a step back and just kind of talk about this, you know, express written warranty. What is it actually covering? What sort of things does 210 provide then within that written warranty? Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good question. We, first of all, just to be, be clear, we are an insurance product. Okay, so the, the, the sure. warranty is backed by an insurance provider and we're regulated by the insurance industry. So it, it, that's important to know. But the basic coverage, Zach, is... There's a one-year workmanship component, first of all, okay? And so builders are used to giving that one year, as I mentioned earlier, used to giving that one year. So there's a one-year workmanship component, but it's important to understand that the builder is primary coverage for that. So the insurer, the warranty company, the insurer is, is what's called surety coverage. We're in the secondary position. So okay. only if the builder defaults on their one-year workmanship obligations would the insurer step in and, and ensure that coverage. Now, there's also a two-year systems coverage for all the systems in the house. Same thing, the builder's primary and the insurer is the surety coverage, the secondary coverage. And those two are optional. The one-year and the two-year optional coverages, builders, some builders like those, some don't. Some just want the bread and butter, right? The 10-year the, the structural coverage is the meat of the warranty. That's where most of the liability lies. And that then the coverage varies. It's different than the one in the two-year. In that case, the insurer carries a liability from day one. Okay, day one for 10 years, they carry that, that liability. And, and it's really important to understand that because that liability is so important. The, the average claim nationwide for a builder runs about $42,000. And in some states, it runs over 
$100,000 per claim. So that's a really a, a major liability for these builders. Yeah, for sure. No one wants a surprise $100,000 charge. Exactly. <laughs> for something they did 10 years ago, no less. No, that, no, that's exactly right. You've hit it on the head. It's a, it's a very long liability. I mean, when, when you and I go to buy auto insurance or homeowners insurance, we're signing up for a one-year policy, right? Yeah. This is a 10-year, this is a 10-year policy, essentially. It's not, it's not insurance. It's a warranty backed by insurance, but it's important to note that it's, it's 10 years. And so these builders, they want to pass that liability onto us. Okay. They don't want that, that liability for the structural claims. They also would rather not reserve funds to pay warranties for 10 years. So the, the large publicly traded builders in this country, they reserve about 1% of the sales price of the home for their warranty obligations for that 10 years. And so a $300,000 home, that's $3,000, right? Yep. And so, so if, they, if these builders buy this third-party warranty, they don't need to reserve those funds because they no longer carry that, that liability. And, and it can be substantial, even for small builders, if you think about it, if you have a small builder that's building let's say 10 homes per year uh, times 10 years for that structural term, right? That's a hundred homes. That builder has this rolling obligation, this rolling liability for a hundred homes at any one time. And if you take that hundred homes times, you know, 300,000 per home, that's a $30 million liability. These builders are carrying on their books. So they want to pass that liability onto the insurer. Yeah. Interesting. No, thanks for laying all that out. That makes a lot of sense. And I think yeah. when we have our builders and the builder trend client base, it's probably something that honestly hasn't even come up a lot in my own experience traveling. Warranty, I always kind of joke, is a bit of a dirty word in construction because it's just something you don't want to think about for everything you just outlined, the risk that's associated with it. So bringing it back to the customer, what is the most common claim that our homeowners are making in the, the warranty world? You know, we have a warranty administration department that fields these calls from homeowners and they, they receive well over 10,000 calls a year. And by far the number one greatest concern that these homeowners have is cracking, cracks in their house, right? They see cracks in their brick or cracks in the stucco, the concrete, the drywall, the tile, the stone, what have you. Any brittle materials in the house will crack, right? Right, right. And so they see all these cracks and they start to right away assume that that's a structural crack. And, and so- <laughs> The house well, is gonna fall down. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. They think it's gonna fall on their head. And, 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 I, and I, can't, I can't blame them for that because there are actually sometimes structural cracks. And so um, they don't know. They don't know the difference. And so, you know, but we have an old saying in this in this industry, and that is if there's one thing that every builder can guarantee, it's that every home they sell will crack, right? Every home, you can't find a home if you went looking for one that doesn't have a crack in it, right? So every home will crack. And it, it's just very, very common. Yeah. So what are the main culprits of those cracks? Like what are the things that are, are causing this that, you know, lead clients into panic or thinking that there's a structural defect with their home and should they be concerned? Well, the good, the good news, Zach, is that the vast majority of these cracks are cosmetic cracks. They're not what we, they're not structural cracks, right? They're cosmetics. And so they, they are things that are easily repaired and know that, that, you know, the ceiling is not falling. Now there's a number of things that cause these and, and that's why they're so common, these cracks. The number one thing that causes them is soil movement. Okay. And a, a very interesting statistic in our business that we have found is that 80% of all structural failures, 80% are caused by the soils underneath the foundation. Okay, so those soils are moving, 
Mm-hmm. And as they move, they move the foundation. And as the foundation moves, it moves the, the framing or the superstructure of the home. And that causes cracking. And, and so these soils, you know, they have water in them. They have air in them. They have organics in them. And they're going to settle. They're going to settle. And some, some soils even swell, right? Expansive clay soils will actually swell. And so engineers can design foundations to move up to about four inches. And so if you think about a house moving four inches, let's say seasonally going up and down four inches, that's a lot of movement. And that's probably going to cause some cracking in that in the superstructure sure, you know, sure. Of, of the home. So then you get into, okay, the conversation, they're going to happen. There's really no avoiding it. The engineering is doing what they can in order to prevent it, but it's, un, it's unpreventable. How, does it, how do we know when the builder is really the one who's obligated to go in and repair these cracks then? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, Zach, just, just to wrap up the, the, the prior uh, discussion on what causes these cracks, Sure. The soil movement is a big one. I just want to touch on a couple or three others real quickly. That and the reason I want the, the reason I want to do this is because builders, this is the call they they will oftentimes get in that first year workmanship, right? They'll get this call, and the the homeowner's concerned about cracks, and the builders always say, "Well, it's just normal settlement cracks." Well, there's just a lot of other things that can cause these, and and I find that it helps the builders to be able to explain that a little bit further. So let me embellish just a little bit further. Oh, so absolutely. Just, in, no, by in, all in, means. Good. In addition to soil movement, there's moisture fluctuations. So these construction materials like concrete, stucco, mortar, grout, they all have water added to them when you first use them, right, to make them liquid. Well, when that water leaves, they, they, they lose that volume of the water and they shrink and they crack, right? Framing lumber has moisture in it. When it leaves the mill, it has a certain moisture in it. And when it acclimates to local conditions, that framing lumber will, will twist and contort and move. Um, Temperature fluctuations cause crackings and uh, cracking in homes where different materials are expanding and contracting next to each other at different rates. You know that causes problems. Um, wind loads causes cause problems, right? When the wind is pushing on on the walls of a home, that that causes cracks. And one that we're having a real problem with lately, Zach, I'll share with you, um, is these kitchen islands. So you have, you know, everyone wants an island right now in their kitchen, yeah, right? The biggest and, slab of marble they can get well, on it. <laughs> well, exactly. You've got this big kitchen. Everyone wants the big kitchen now that we're the entertainment center, right? You put this big <laughs> island right in the middle of it. And like you said, you've got this huge granite slab on, a, on the top of that island. And then what, what happens when they have the housewarming party? Everybody comes and stands around <laughs> that island, right? Uh, yeah, and I've been so at those the, parties. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And so that's where people entertain. Well, the floor joists that are supporting that island, for example, they are allowed to deflect or what we call bend. They actually will, by code, are allowed to bend a little bit uh, with all those loads above them. And the, the problem is that any brittle surfaces on top of those floor joists, you know, such as the granite countertop or such as the, the, the stone or the tile on the floor, you know, they're going to crack. So, so anyway, those are all the reasons for, for, for cracks. So Thank you for letting me share, letting me share those I, and getting builders. I feel like you're really speaking our builders' language. You know, we could listen to that all day. They, they well, need Zach, it up. But you have to remember, is I'm a nerdy engineer, right? So I can't, <laughs> I, I can't pass up the the really good technical stuff, you know, as quickly as most. So I, I had to embellish. You're not getting bit. asked this at at the the Costco line when someone's <laughs> like, "Are you you happen to be an engineer?" <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I hope I don't look that nerdy, but I can tell you that I sometimes act nerdy. So, so anyway, uh, you had asked me about, um, and this is a very important question. You had asked me about, you know, how does a builder know if they're obligated to repair all these cracks, yeah. right? We know that we know the house is going to crack. Well, how, do, how does the builder know? Well, in that first year, 
in that workmanship period, right? The builder, as I mentioned, is the primary coverage, right? So, so the builder is obligated in that first year to repair cosmetic cracks, just cosmetic cracks. So the homeowner calls up and says, hey, I've got this crack in my drywall. Will you come look at it? And the builder comes to, to the house, brings the warranty booklet, right? I remember the, remember the 43 page warranty yep, booklet yep. With, the, with the performance standards in it. And the builder will look at that crack and determine whether, they're, whether that exceeds the performance standard. And if it does, the builder is going to be obligated to repair it. If it doesn't, the builder's not obligated to repair it. So that's the first year. So that's that's kind of simple. Now, that's cosmetic cracks for the first year. Now, when we start talking about after the first year, there is no coverage for cosmetic cracks. That is routine maintenance. That's a homeowner's routine maintenance, like painting, touching up caulk, what have you. That's routine maintenance. But where it gets tricky is that if it's a qualifying structural defect over that 10-year structural period, right? Remember the qualifying, the 10-year period starts on day one and lasts for 10 years, yep. and the insurer's on the hook for 10 years. And so if, if there is cracking that is structural in nature, then the insurer is liable to not only repair the structural defect, but to repair all the cracks, the cosmetic cracks that were caused by that structural defect. So... When you are, you know, going and looking at all that, how do you determine if there's a qualifying structural defect then? I mean, what, how do we know that there's a situation where we're going to need to get our insurer involved? Zach, it's a very common question because it takes a certain amount of expertise to, to determine. The engineer, got to call Walt. Yeah, yeah, you got to get someone nerdy on, on board to help you with that, right? So, <laughs> uh, so it takes expertise. So what happens is the homeowner calls in and they say, oh, you know, I've got some structural cracks. Of course, every homeowner thinks their cracks are structural and, and many times they're not, but sometimes they are. And so they'll talk to our warranty admin experts. The warranty admin people will ask them certain questions. And if it does appear that they are likely structural cracks, then we'll send out a local professional engineer. And that engineer will catalog and measure every crack, separation, out of plumb, out of level surfaces, um, doors and windows that don't work, all those things that are related to a potential structural problem. And the engineer will also do what's called a floor topo survey. You know, people are familiar with topo surveys out on land or out on property, but we actually mm -hmm. do a, a topo survey on the floor of the home. And, and why do we do that? Well, the, the reason is, as I mentioned earlier, the key stat in our program is that 80% of all structural defects are due to the soils moving the foundation, right? So we want to see how much that foundation is moving. And if the foundation is moving more than recognized professional industry standards, then it becomes a qualifying structural defect. And just in a nutshell, the standards that we're using, the most common standards in the industry is that if the floor system is bending or deflecting more than one inch and 30 feet, then that would exceed and that would be a qualifying structural defect. And that could be one inch and 30 feet, it could be two inches and 60 feet or three inches and 90 feet, but that amount of bending or deflection is qualifies. Or if the entire foundation is tilting from one side of the house to the other, the entire home is sort of tilting rather than bending, uh, if that exceeds 1%, then that also would be a qualifying structural defect. Interesting. So you, you get the report, that'll determine if it's a qualifying structural defect or not. And what if the homeowner disputes the results of this evaluation? We were kind of talking about earlier, part of 210's system kind of opts them into, rather than a litigation, it creates a, an outlet for arbitration. So how does that work? Yeah, thank you for circling back and talking about arbitration, because it really is one of the key components of the of the warranty. And, and frankly, it's it's great for homeowners and builders. Right. This is yeah. not a one sided. It's great for both entities because it's very quick and it's low cost. You know, a lot of people think arbitration is sort of a new concept. And in fact, arbitration has been around for a long time. I mean, Abe Lincoln 
was an arbitrator. He, he arbitrated land home, homeowner, uh, landowner disputes. And so arbitration is being used in just about any industry these days to resolve disputes, but it works particularly well in the construction industry because if you think about it, most construction defect disputes and litigation are technical in nature, right? The builder didn't build something correctly. And, right. and so do you wanna to go to litigation and try to educate a judge and jury about all those technical issues? Or do you wanna have arbitration that takes place in the home? The arbitrator actually comes to your home and the arbitrator is a, is a professional, um, typically a professional retired architect, a building official, an engineer, someone that has a lot Maybe of construction experience. experience. There you go. So now this arbitrator comes to your home. Most of the time, it's just the homeowner, the builder, and the arbitrator. There's no attorneys involved. And the arbitrator has the booklet, the 43-page booklet I mentioned to you with the construction performance standards. And, and the, the Arbitrator says, okay, uh, Mr. Homeowner, please show me the, you know, the defects that you are disputing here. And they'll go through the list. And sometimes the arbitrator will, will rule in favor of the homeowner. Sometimes they'll rule in favor of the builder. Typically, it's neither one or the other. It's, it's, it's some shared. And that arbitrator will make a final decision, a non-appealable decision. And what builders really like, it's a private decision. So they, they, um, that the results of that arbitration are not shared with anyone. If, if it was litigation, that would be open to the public and not, right. and not court private. Records. So, so, so we have a saying that arbitration in a dining room is much preferred over litigation in a courtroom, you know, to, to resolve disputes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, th that's really helpful. I think it paints the picture clearly of kind of the things you get by going through a third party service, even beyond what you might even be aware of is just mm -hmm. being able to opt into a totally different release outlet to get a uh, dispute resolved in a less costly way. I mean, right, that right there is a huge value as well that a lot of people probably aren't thinking of. And I just want to get back to sort of that cost concept. We talked about the large home builders will reserve 1%. So what are we looking at for you? How much does a warranty cost uh, on average? Zach, I had a feeling you'd go there. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, people want to know. You know, yeah, that's the first yeah. question we get with any of our partnerships. What's the cost? What's the catch? All of right. that. What's, what's so, it going to cost me? What's yeah. it going to cost me? So, so I I would say uh, on a national average, our warranty runs probably about uh, five hundred dollars, and that now that varies by risk in different regions of the country, but the national average of about five hundred, and that is paid at closing. Just just you know, that's typically where it's paid. And if you think about that five hundred dollars, now that's it's paid all at once, but that averages out to about $50 a year for that 10 year warranty term. And you think about what the, what the builder's getting for that. They're getting the insurer to answer the phone for them for, for, for 10 years. They're getting um, you know, the, the insurer to address concerns from both the homeowners and sometimes the builders have concerns. Um, they're getting claims adjusting for that. They're getting forensic investigations as needed. And, and ultimately the insurer is assuming all of that liability I mentioned to you, you know, for the, for all of those homes with the 10 year term. So, so that's really a pretty good value. You mentioned the, the 1% that builders are setting aside. You know, we feel that we do it uh, way less expensively than that because we have the, the expertise, the efficiencies, the benefits of scale and, and all of that to just do it less expensively. Absolutely. And I know 210 is a full service warranty company. What other products and services go along with the warranty with 210? Well, I, I yeah. And thank you for bringing up products because I forgot to mention that earlier on. We've been talking basically here about single family homes, but it's important to note that we have products for multifamily, 
uh, buildings. We have um, for mixed use, uh, let me see, uh, commercial, uh, manufactured homes, modular homes, even a remodeling product. So we, we pretty much have products uh, similar to what we've discussed here for the, for the entire industry. Um, but one particularly important and popular service I wanted to share today, uh, Zach, the, the builders just love this. It's called our frontline service. And what that is, is that I mentioned earlier that the insurer answers the phone for 10 years for the structural liability component, right? But the builders right. still are taking the calls for the one-year workmanship and the two-year systems coverage. They're taking those calls. And, and, but a lot of builders, it's not that they don't want, you know, they want to live up to their warranty obligations, but they would rather build homes and sell homes. And so they, this particular product allows, the, allows us to take those calls during the first year workmanship and two-year systems, as well as the 10-year structural. And what our experts do then is we respond quickly and accurately to those calls. And we stay within the four corners of the warranty, right? So, so we're not, um, you know, if the builder's taking those calls, some builders, every builder is going to go out to the house. They're going to look at the defects. They're going to sometimes feel obligated to repair things that the warranty didn't really require them to do. And, and so by us taking those calls and figuring out if the homeowner calls with five deficiencies, we determine two of them exceed the, the standards that the builder's obligated to repair. We let the builder know, please send your electrician to this home and please send your drywall sub to this home to take care of this because we've determined those are covered items. So we're basically the builder's outsourced warranty department. Especially smaller and medium-sized builders don't really have warranty administrators right, and warranty right. departments. So, so they really like that they can outsource that to us. So that's a, that's a pretty key service. What other service if I could just mention, Zach, if I have one more minute. Absolutely. Another, another service that builders really like is we have what's called an extended systems and appliance warranties. So the systems and appliances and in homes are warrantied by the manufacturer, right? The dishwasher and the refrigerator uh, and the AC unit, they have manufacturer's warranties. And, and sometimes builders um, want to provide some added value because they know when the dishwasher goes out two months after that manufacturer's warranty expired, that they're going to get the call, right? They're going to get the call on anything that goes out. And, and many times years after the home was sold. So they like to do a value added sometimes and add another year, let's say. So when the manufacturer's warranty expires, they will add another year onto that, that this systems and appliance warranty covers. And you mentioned Costco, uh, Costco earlier. You know, I think of Costco, I buy my TVs at Costco because they provide, a, you get the manufacturer's warranty, but Costco gives you another year on top of that, right? And it's kind of what this is. It's it's just that a value add from from the builders and, it's and a little extra, really like extra perk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So th those are the main ones that I would say that are, are are most popular services and products. Yeah, yeah, that that's really helpful. I think for our builder trend listeners, we offer a warranty platform within our service that lets you track and coordinate these types of appointments. But that's why we partnered with a third party warranty service. If, if you are a smaller to medium-sized builder and you just want to remove and have that peace of mind, we absolutely endorse what 210 provides beyond just the structural warranty, but even that frontline warranty that uh, Walt did a great job kind of explaining. Yep. Walt, is there anything else that you wanted to cover today? I know we, we hit everything. Abe Lincoln got a shout out. We talked about Costco, <laughs> gotten some engineering speak. It's been a, it's been a whirlwind, frankly. Any, any final thoughts or, or closing no. statements? Nothing else. Just thank you for letting me for, for letting me be long winded and, and talking extra fast so I can squeeze as much information in as possible. So thank you so much, Zach, for having me. 
Yeah, Walt, that was fantastic. Really appreciate your time. And if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to your Builder Trend representative to learn more about Tune 10. Well, Walt, is there any place that we could reach you directly? I, I would just tell them to search for our website, 210-210.com if they want, and, and they can reach, uh, reach me through the 800 number on there as well. Perfect. All right, Walt, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for listening to The Better Way. If you're a Builder Trend customer, schedule a training to learn more. All listeners, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to The Better Way wherever you get your podcast. Also, visit buildertrend.com backslash podcast to sign up for the email notifications when the next season drops and explore our other podcast, The Building Code. Don't miss our next episode where we will be talking about managing payroll.